Hello, welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. This is our debut episode after taking a year and a half or so hiatus because uh, we... Well, what do we do, actually, Eric? What, what, what is this podcast? Well, I, I forget. Uh... <laughs> it's so long. Oh, there's an ad for Freshly.com. Just, just popped up. Anyway. Nice, nice. They're listening to us. Uh, we're talking about the show Westworld that airs on HBO. Uh, there was a long hiatus between uh, seasons two and three uh, because that's just kind of the way HBO has been doing things. And I guess it's just as well because the uh, set of Westworld burned down during the California Files like a year and a half ago. Um, but that's okay because they're not using that anymore for this season, at least not yet. Um, so yeah, uh, the first episode of season three aired last night and we're going to talk about it. That's right. And who are we for folks who are joining us for the first time and for thank you for joining us. And for those who uh, return listeners, thank you for coming back. Uh, hopefully our new listeners will enjoy us and not go one and done. And our uh, new listeners, obviously, I mean, our old listeners obviously are here because they liked us before. Um, so we are, on or they're just going to enjoy listening how to like how bad we are. <laughs> they're going to hate listening. We could be like the we might be the podcast equivalent of Mystery Science Theater. Well, well, the main the main thing is entertainment value, whether or not they take us seriously. There and, you uh, go. All right. That's right. So uh, www.darkdiscussions.com is our website uh, because Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, is a sub or part of the umbrella of the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, group. So Dark Discussions is a weekly podcast that myself and uh, we'll introduce everybody in a moment um, uh, discusses a genre film, usually horror, sci-fi, or thrillers, or fantasies, whatever, and we critique and review, so you can join us on that podcast and hear us weekly uh, even when this podcast is on hiatus. Uh, this podcast can be found there, but there's two things. One, this podcast has its own feed wherever podcasts are found. So you just search for Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, and we will appear anywhere podcasts are found. However, you can also listen to this podcast because it is also part of the stream for Dark Discussions podcasts. So wherever Dark Discussions podcasts are found, which is everywhere, um, it will be there as well. The only difference between the two feeds is Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast feed is just the Westworld podcast. For folks who are curious, we have been uh, mentioned by uh, Huffington Post, so uh, that's always a good thing. And uh, we have had a pretty good dedicated following, uh, including uh, a couple of people on Facebook, including uh, Mr. Sutherland, uh, asking uh, if we were doing this podcast for season three because we did not do a preview episode like sometimes we've done in the past. Uh, so, uh, we decided to skip the preview episode because of obviously a lot of other things around people's minds as I well mean, as we're looking forward is pointless, but we're, we're, we're going to be doing this until the government shuts us down. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, I am Phil from the state of New Hampshire in the U S of A and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am as well as can be expected. Indeed. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? Um, fine, Phil. How are you? Mike's got his Doing sexy right. voice on tonight. As as Eric said, just for you, Eric. As, 
as best as you can do be at this time. Uh, for folks who are curious, uh, we record this episode on March 16th, 2020. Uh, the episode of Westworld, or the debut episode for Season 3, was March 15th. And uh, hopefully this episode will be released on the 17th, meaning St. Patrick's Day, or the 18th, uh, because there's not going to be much celebrating except in your homes. Because I was say, of- listen to our podcast, because you can't go to the bar anyway. That's right, exactly. Fortunately, I bought my con beef to cook tomorrow i bought it a couple of days ago um all right so uh a couple other things for folks Irish. who want to email us uh no no i'm not but corned beef is one of my my favorite foods <laughs> yeah. yeah and and living in in the greater new england area there's there's a lot of irish folk yes or, yes there are i i spent a year in boston yeah yeah i grew up in an all a pretty irish town when i was a kid uh, as a matter of fact um so um for folks who want to email us you can email us at dark discussions at aol.com you can uh go to the facebook group dark discussions podcast facebook group where bullets brothels and bots of westworld podcast as well as uh dark discussions podcasts are discussed so various topics are over there, including uh, discussing of uh, Westworld and what's going to happen this season. Other topics have been um, uh, Outsider that, that just ended that on HBO that this show is replacing. There's been talk about Harley Quinn film. There's been talk about A Quiet Place 2. And, of course, the coronavirus, because that's infecting a lot of folks viewing pleasure, especially uh, film, because, for example, A Quiet Place 2 and the James Bond film, which are two topics we were talking about on the Dark Discussion Podcast Facebook group, have been pushed back to an unknown time at this point because of the... Mike, I'm just curious. Did you make it to the theater before they shut everything down? For the hunt, yes. Cool. And I think it's weird that there is a non-zero percent chance that The Hunt will be the last movie I ever see in a theater. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And not because like I died in some dumbass accident or from a dumbass Well, dumb that could happen, play. too. Don't give up hope. Right, because, because that can happen, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever the movie is, right? I mean, like, maybe the newbie theaters never open again. Uh, stop talking like that. That's crazy. Oh, it, I'm, I'm well, not saying it's a great chance. I'm not even saying it's a one percent chance. I'm just saying it's not a zero. It's not chance. zero. I'll give you actually. That. Actually, I think the reason, Mike, this may be your last film ever at a movie theater, is because, as we were discussing prior to this episode, the pitchfork and torch people that want your toilet paper are going to surround your house and break in and take it, and you may be a victim. <laughs> possible you're gonna die over shit wipers as i put as i pointed out on facebook those of us who have pets are well trained (laughs) to survive because we have learned the art of the butt scoot yes yes indeed you know phil's gonna puke any moment now we should get back to the show yeah yeah uh for folks who are rolling their eyes uh we're just trying to do a little levity after a five-day uh disaster of pandemic throughout the world and trying to just hey i got the next two weeks off so well la-dee-da 
Yes, yes, indeed, la-dee-da. Anyway, um, so uh, season three of Westworld, um, I guess we can discuss all that in a moment, but I uh, just wanted to go around and ask people's feelings about uh, the prior seasons. I know uh, both Eric and you, Mike, uh, pre-watched a couple of episodes from last season, season two, and just for your feelings on that and, and whatnot. Anybody? Mike or Eric? Well, I will say that I actually enjoyed my... Uh, I didn't re-watch the entire season, but I watched the last uh, three episodes of season two, and I found it much more enjoyable not having to try and figure out what was going on as it happened, uh, already knowing what was going on, so I could just appreciate the skill with which the show is made. Um, so I, I enjoyed my rewatch, and um, it was it was good just to get my mind in the right place going into season three, because uh, there's some stuff you need to know. Indeed. What about yourself, Mike? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the show. Um, I actually did not complete my season three watch, um, rewatch, uh, which I'll probably finish tomorrow. Uh, but it's not like I completely forgot everything that happened. Uh, it's just nice. There's little details that's nice to to bring back up. Um, and I usually have watched uh, for the episodes. I usually watch them two or three times anyway the first time through. So that it's not like a... a I don't know. It's not like they're that that they're at stale in my memory, but I do really enjoy the show, and it's nice when you have this long of a break between it, because uh, it was the fall of 2018 is when the first the the second se- season ended, if I remember yeah, correctly. Like uh, yeah, I got it right here. Uh, June 24th, 2018. Oof. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, well, yeah, it's getting really close to two years since the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very close. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, so 22 months, as a matter of fact, yeah, April 22nd, yeah, well, April 22nd was the, uh, was Journey Into Night, which was episode one of season two. Right. Um, yeah, well, the Passenger, which was the finale, was, was June 24th, 2018. Right. So I think on the one hand, that feels like it's pushing. It's hard to get momentum of a show going when you're having that much of a gap between the episodes. Um, let's remember while they did do that at the end with Game of Thrones, right? The first couple of years, it was just a season. It just was just one year between them, you know, which makes it a little easier. But at the same time, when you look at, uh, just how well crafted these are, um, it is kind of hard to argue with the results. And in the long run, the episodes will survive and we'll kind of forget the time in between them. So I think it's a really, really good show. I don't, I didn't find the second season quite as confusing, I guess, as some people did. There were elements of the story that I ended up not caring for as much. Predominantly the uh, the great beyond, the door, gate, the robo-heaven storyline, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know the uh, Kiksua episode of episode season 2, episode 8, was the one focusing all about the uh, Native American Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave a lot of backstory to the maze and all of this stuff that fleshed out a lot of things that happened. But fundamentally, I just didn't care about Robot Heaven. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it just kind of felt like a way to remove a lot of pieces off the board at the end of the second season to give a fresher start to the beginning of season three. Um, and it's fine. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, and and ultimately, I think that was a good decision given what we saw in the first episode of season three. I agree. I just think as a storytelling device, it was weak. Um, and I know I've seen a lot of people praise season two, episode eight, as like the very best episode of Westworld. Because it's, it's pretty think, awesome. And it is a pretty awesome episode, but I think one of the reasons it stands out is because it is one of the only episodes of Westworld that really stands on its own, right? It's not terribly right. is well. It, is, that the, is that the American Indian Native American one? Yes. Yeah, you know, because it does it because you, you tell a, a self-contained story, and that makes it very easy to tell it within one hour. Um, but in terms of how important is it to the overall arc, and and really this is all setting up to that move off to the great beyond. Eh, you know, I didn't think it was that that compelling a narrative compared to everything else that was going on in the series at the time. Well, that's because um, you're a heartless bastard. Well, no. I, I, Mike's fair, and and, and a lot a lot of people. <laughs> people that had complaints to that and and again that was mostly the the viewership rather than the critics um i felt that they, their favorite characters were were mostly secondary in that episode right i mean it if was they were, if they were even there right even there, um, exactly right so and again it's not a complaint about the episode the episode itself it is a spectacular episode but it's also an episode you could if you're trying to catch up on the story you could almost skip it over and not really miss anything but I'm just saying, as a plot element, on its own, it's great, but as a general plot element, how it figures into the narrative Westworld, it wasn't my favorite element. I've much preferred following like the Maeve story and the Dol- and the Bernard story and the um and the Dolores story, right? Oh, um, good news. That's what's yes. left. And as we said, right, exactly. It's <laughs> that, that, well, right. And as we talked about um previously, um oh, in the Man in Black story, right? Because he was, you know, um, yeah, I think yeah. we did talk about this at the end of the, the previous season. That's that with season one, there was a mystery that you didn't know was really a mystery. The mystery was the maze and the maze was not actually the mystery being solved through the course of the series. The mystery was who was the man in black and that the man in black was William. And you didn't know that that was a thing you were supposed uh, There was a puzzle to put together until the end of the season. And you went, Oh, mm-hmm. and everything kind of clicked into place that you didn't know was supposed to be clicking in place or that was out of place in the first point. The second season you're given at, you know, from the get go to, uh, timelines and you know, this from two timelines and you know that they may be doing a mind fuck with you. So you're looking for it the whole time and it changes your viewing experience. I think that way it seems underline bold italicized seems in this season that they're going with a more straightforward narrative. Well, uh, and I've heard that the, uh, Jonathan Nolan, who's actually one of the, one of the creative forces behind the show, uh, has, has made statements to that effect. Like apparently a bunch of viewers in season two complained that it was way too confusing. Um, and so they're going to try and dial it back a notch for season three. Yeah, and his wife also said it, even though it was pretty dark in the first episode, said it would be a little lighter as well, whatever that means. Well, that's a bummer. I like dark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know what that means, but either way, it was pretty dark last night, you could argue. So, oh, um, yeah. I mean, it so, wasn't quite people raping and pillaging for fun dark. <laughs> well, well, it was robots, wasn't it? Right. But, I mean, it, it's, 
It is it is less Let's dark than the Western world has been. Again. Right. Um so yeah, so so it's uh uh it would make sense that they yeah, because the the season two, whether you liked well if you liked it or thought it was incredible, it lost a lot of viewership compared to I guess what they would have hoped for. Um, because as, as we know, like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and various other shows, um, the first one or two episodes really does well. And then it just fades to whatever. And then to, by season three or four, suddenly people say, Oh, this show is pretty good. And then it becomes as Mike, you like to always say the water cooler topic that is no more because of the coronavirus. Um, except for online they, that suddenly gets it popularity and then there's more viewership and, and viewership is more, is really the most important thing to survive. Not, not that the artiste doesn't want uh, to sell out, but they also want to have an audience because if they don't have an audience, they don't exist. So as you know, as all artists say, the ones that become successful, they always thank the fans because without you, there is, there is no me. And that's the thing. So if they have to make it a little more commercially acceptable, I guess, to a greater fan base, then Jonathan Nolan and his wife, Lisa, I guess maybe trying to do that with this new season, because again, without the fans, they are no more. Well, and this is, um, you got to give them credit because this is a show, this is a Cowboys and Killer Robots series that is taking what was a very, very straightforward black and white premise for Michael Crichton and using it to explore, you know, deep philosophical themes about the nature of reality, the nature of self, free will, free will <laughs> consciousness, what does it mean to be human? Um, what, what are the costs of immortality? Um, it, it, all the, and it, it is really, really heady stuff. And they got really heady in season two, more so than in season one, where they talked about, I mean, season one dealt with such light fare as dealing with the bicameral mind theory of consciousness. So when it gets even deeper or weirder, you know, and they talked about, you know, had things like the cradle and trying to, and, and the robot consciousness and their pearls and all the rest. It was laying down an awful lot of mythology and a lot of exposition while trying to tell an entertaining killer robot story. Um, right. and, that, and that's a tough thing to juggle. And based on tonight's episode, we're still telling a killer robot story. They're telling stories about um, killer robot stories, revolution, uh, uh, information and privacy and, you know, large corporations and, and control and inequity and all this other stuff. But it's a more streamlined because we've established, we don't, well, we're not worried. Right. We're not worried mu as much about what makes the killer robots killer robots. Right. Right. What, what, they, what they seem to be going for this season based off of, 56 minutes of, of television so far is they are plan they're planning to go more cyberpunk maybe it seems like it and what's worth noting is that except for a post credit sequence i believe this is the first episode of westworld in which we never enter westworld right 
or any park in Delos whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. That whole thing, right? So we spend the entire time in the quote-unquote real world to the best of our Which, knowledge. Right, right. Which was filmed in Singapore. Whether or not that is where it was placed, because they don't really actually say that the city in the in this episode, I don't think. But uh, No, they mentioned it's, it's set in Los Angeles, Beijing. They have the little... Right. Maps, right? They show what they're gotcha. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. They did, but they work. use Singapore because it is a very new and very modern city, and right. it's not a place that people have filmed a lot in, I guess. So it's it you're not futuristic. You're, it looks futuristic. You're not going, oh, look, there's the Arc de Triomphe, or there's the Capitol Records building, you know. Right. So and, and, and it's very right, right, and and it's uh, uh, a an oligarchy type of country but it's not a dictatorship in the sense that say if they used um beijing or wuhan uh which are also new cities that look spectacular uh never mind now obviously they can't because of the coronavirus but um unlike those cities to film in you have a lot of red tape compared to say singapore which is obviously um a modern city that uh accepts um, capitalistic adventures such as movies and TV with ease, I guess. Yes. Without restrictions. So, um, and and it'll be the next, you know, if, if this season becomes popular, Singapore will be the next uh, New Zealand or the next Iceland, you know, similar to what Lord of the Rings did or Game of Thrones did for various, or well, Montenegro was another one, that, you know, so... People will say, "Oh, Singapore, that was a cool place. I loved it on Westfall. I'm going to go visit it now." So, Speak, speaking of Iceland, poor Tormund, I, I, a guy in Spain has has coronavirus. Yes, he does. Christoph, mm-hmm. um, what the hell is his, his first name? Uh, last name? Uh, Christoph. Uh, Christoph the Hiv- Ginger Giant. Hiv- Christoph Hivier. Christoph Ginger uh, also, Giant. That's uh, his last name. Uh, Elvis Il- Ildris Albus, or however you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. he has it. Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he, he he just announced it today as well. Um, yeah, so it uh, looks like they're going to do that, uh, like the the cyberpunk type thing, maybe. Uh, what what do you think, Eric? Is me and Mike kind of brought that up, but you haven't uh, given your thoughts on what I you think? I go for. Don't like the word cyberpunk. It means something very specific for me, um, which I don't care for. <laughs> Uh, but I but I but I get where you're coming from. Suarez. What about Daniel Suarez type novels? Uh, that's fine. I don't consider those to be cyberpunk. Fair, fair enough. But but uh, yeah, what would you call that? It's it's kind of call this cyber- science fiction. Yeah, 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 kind yeah. Cyberpunk about, tends to do a lot space. with 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 data, data and computer hacking and and. Yeah. Like the Matrix is kind of cyberpunk. You See, know, when I think of cyberpunk, I think of people wearing aviator goggles and and like building steam machines and that kind of shit. That's that's oh, steampunk. steampunk. Oh, okay. I'm getting them confused in my head then. That's steampunk. Yes. Different punk. Yeah. yeah. That's Kevin. Lex. Gotcha. Is it, All right. It's a steam. Yeah. Right. No. If you got somebody like like uh, I mean. There's actually like cyberpunk elements. Speaking of the Nolans in um, Inception, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so that's that you could argue it doesn't have a cyberpunk aesthetic in my mind, 
While then I'm unqualified to state whether I think this is cyberpunk, because clearly I don't understand what that means. I, I don't. I don't think it is cyberpunk. It's set <laughs> in a. I think it. You know, in, ter- in terms of when it's set, which cyberpunk tends to be in like the the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. maybe they'll get there if there's a lot of hacking going on. Oh, it was, it felt some hacking fun. going on. It, it felt very much like a Daniel Suarez a novel if but most people probably don't know who have read his stuff but me and our cab should uh, yeah they, they most certainly should damn good books he sure does um yeah so he his type of books where it's like like science fiction kind of sort of for in like 10 years from now where computers and and well, cyberpunk is, is science fiction based on theoretical stuff that might become real yeah Okay. Yeah, 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 and exactly, and and then of course they have the the look of the Blade Runner, you know, the, and, gotcha. and 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 you know, Re- I've heard two people today compare this to Blade Runner, and Total I disagree Re- wholeheartedly. <laughs> Blade Runner's much much darker and dirtier than this this episode of Westworld. No, but I mean it's it is a story about artificial life sentience, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's rebelling, baby gaining sentience, rebelling against its creators. Um, set in the near future. So, okay. With hover so let's, cars. Let's reset for season three. And this is just right. as much for my benefit as, as our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So, so at the end of season two. Oh, before we do that, before we do that, Eric, let me mm-hmm. just uh, do the, 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 the two minute spiel, which is uh, uh Westworld is based off of uh, Michael Crichton uh, movie that he actually directed and wrote back in the seventies. Um, Jonathan Nolan and his wife, Lisa, uh, came and, uh, brought it as the showrunners to, I guess, rein- reinvented, uh, or, or re- reimagined, I guess, the term for HBO. Um, and, uh, for folks who don't know, Jonathan Nolan is Christopher Nolan, the, the Academy Award nominated director, uh, his brother who writes a lot of, uh, his brother's movies but now it appears he's not only writing screenplays but he's now directing tv and producing tv and uh so that's what this is about so go on eric now i'm sorry okay so um basically the short version of the season two plot is that uh one of the robots in westworld named dolores abernathy played by evan rachel wood gains self-awareness uh, and decides that she's going to uh, lead all the other, uh, they call them hosts, but they're generally robots. Uh, she's going to lead all the hosts into a rebellion against the humans to gain their freedom. Um, and for the most part, this happens. Um, a lot of people die. A lot of robots die. Um, and at the end of the season, I guess you could say she's victorious. Meanwhile, while that's going on, Another one of the hosts, named Maeve, um, gains a power that nobody's seen in a host before, which is that she can control other hosts. She somehow gains the ability to modify other hosts' code and make them by Tandy, do... Right. Tandy Newton. Tandy, Tandy Newton, yeah. Uh, it's, she, pow- she, it's, called, it's the power of the Bluetooth. <laughs> she gains the ability to control other hosts, essentially. Um, and at the end of season two, she is killed, but since she's a robot, we see two techs who are fond of her standing right over here and get the idea that they're going to fix her back up. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much 
what'll happen. Then there's uh, somebody who we thought for a very long time was a human, turned out to be a host, whose name is Bernard. Um, and he was pretty much in charge of operations at the park. Or wait, wait he was in charge of the tech people, wasn't he? Anyway, he was, he was in one charge of the people robot in charge. People. Yeah, uh, he, he was one of the people in charge. It turns out he's a host, um, and he has all sorts of issues um, because the character played by Anthony Hopkins uh, really messed with his code quite a bit, uh, and so he he basically ends up uh, crazy uh, by the end of season two, um, and then there's a woman whose name is Charlotte Hale who's one of the board members of the company that runs this park called Delos. Um, she, as it turns out at the end of season two is murdered. Um, and Dolores made a body that looks like her. So as we learn in season two, every host has basically the sum of their being, uh, essentially their, their brain um, in a little egg um, and she basically uh, gets her egg transferred into the body that looks like Charlotte Hale. So it's Dolores's personality walking around in Charlotte Hale's body, uh, which allows her to escape Westworld at the end of season two. And she has five other hosts eggs in her purse. It's basically her and five other hosts going away into the real world away from the park. And, uh, at the very end, before we get credits for season two, we figure out that, um, one of the eggs, um, actually it wasn't one of the eggs. She, she created Bernard again, um, from scratch. Cause it turns out she's the one that actually made Bernard in the park. We just didn't know that till the end of season two. So Bernard is back. There's still Dolores and there's five more eggs. And, uh, Dolores has recreated her body that looks like Dolores and put her egg back in there. So she's Dolores and looks like Dolores again. Then there's another body that looks like Charlotte Hale. And clearly one of the eggs is in that body. We still don't know who. <laughs> and right. season two ends with Dolores telling Bernard, we're not going to be friends. Um, but we both have to, we both have to survive in order for things to move forward. And it's a little unclear exactly what that means. Uh, so basically season three, we've got Dolores who seems to still be on a mission to, uh, as Phil likes to say, burn it all down. Um, and then Bernard is not in a good place because uh, from his experiences in season two, um, he's really just, he doesn't trust himself, let alone anybody else. Um, so he's having a hard time with that. And then um, whoever the F is in Charlotte Hale's body um, is acting on the board of Delos still. And we're not sure what their motivation or goals are in that. And that's right, where right, we start uh, season three. Now, um, uh, for folks Did I do who that okay? What, yes, that was perfect. Uh, for those who don't know what eggs are, eggs are basically the hard drives. Pearls. They're called pearls. Yeah, they're, they're, but either way, they're the hard drives that have the essence of um, each each of the um, hosts, so you can download it to this egg or or a pearl and put it in another uh, host body, and then that host body will actually not be 
the host you see, but the a- essence of um, the downloaded, I guess. Because entity. it's what's on the inside that counts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, it's different with the, with the host because the hosts aren't controlled by hormones and and various things like that. So when you put their egg or pearl into a host body, the body doesn't affect the the mind the, like it would with a human. You know, I've always make as a joke is like if you could tra- transplant a brain of one person into another person, would the hormones and testosterone and all these other things affect? You, the way it thinks versus here you don't get that because a brain is a brain is a brain because it's 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 a hard co- hard drive basically mm-hmm. it's not it's and it's not affected by uh any any outside uh thing um because technically you could probably just plug this egg or pearl into anything and just turn it on and it could communicate with you even if it didn't have a body to walk well around. they did that in season two yes they did that's right mm-hmm. yes yeah, in that underground cavern. There's a, there still has to be like some type of environment for the consciousness to exist, um, even if it's uh, just you know uh, a simulation. Um, yeah, but you can run it without a body. Indeed. Um, now for this this uh, episode here, this uh, debut episode of season three, uh, it's called Pass Domain, which is. Uh, a um, it's got an antithon, a Roman Catholic antithon, which is basically um, a, 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 like a, a what are those monks? What what do they sing? The chants? Yeah, so it's like a chant. Um, and in Latin uh, translated, it means the little song means "Spear, Lord, spare your people. Be not angry with us forever." Um, so that's that's what past domain means and that's the name of this episode it's directed by jonathan nolan and um co-written by jonathan nolan and his wife lisa um it is the 21st episode of the show and the viewership is uh, to be determined um and that's it uh, i have um all right so what are other things we want to talk about that's just in general, before we throw up the spoiler, because we're going to critique and review and spoil everything, because we're going to talk about specifics within the episode. But right now, we've been talking about uh, historical episodes or the show as a whole, and nothing specific with this new season or, or this new episode. Uh, any other things anybody want to talk about before we get into specifics and all that other stuff? Um, I just want to reiterate that it looks fantastic. Um, and there's, there's, there's one moment, I, this isn't really a spoiler, this is a visual, so you can still see it, and, uh, you'll miss it if you blink. Uh, in fact, I did miss it the first watch, uh, and had to, had to watch it on a second. The only reason I knew to look for it the second time is from a tweet from Evan Rachel Woods. Um, there's a scene where she's wearing a black dress that probably comes down to about Mid oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, at one point, she reaches up and like undoes a fastener by her neck, and the dress totally changes into like a flowing gold evening gown. And um, Everton Rachel Woods tweeted that that was not CGI. Their costume department made a dress that did that. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, was it awesome. reminds me of um, if you remember the Force Awakens. There's a scene where uh, where Ray makes like this instant baked bread. It's like you just added water and like a muffin grows out of it or something. And a lot of people assume that was CGI. It was done practically, and this kind of felt like that to me. It's one of those things like you like magic, right? You know, you like, right. can't believe what you just watch. I mean, mm-hmm. people have been doing quick change for years as a stage act, as a stage thing. So mm-hmm. I kind of figured it was probably wasn't CGI and it just looked too freaking good to not be, to, to be CGI. To not be <laughs> right. real. It was pretty amazing. Um, oh yeah. But it, it, yeah, but it is a, yeah, it is just blinking. Wow. You know? Yeah. The first uh, time I watched the episode, I was like the, looking at something on my iPad or something when she actually switched dresses. So I just, I saw her in a black dress and I looked up and I saw her in a gold dress and figured she just like switched dresses in between scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it happen as she was walking along. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I was watching it uh, wholeheartedly, and uh, um, and and honestly, the reason was is because I have to say, um, not being a fashionista, but absolutely the the wardrobe department for this episode, specifically for Rachel Evan Rachel Woods, her her dresses and her, and her shoes and all that were just absolutely phenomenal picks. And so, anytime she was on screen i mean she was literally the focus no matter mm-hmm. what else was on the screen and so mm-hmm. i was i was just watching it um religiously it was it was one of the few shows that i didn't have my cell phone to to really want to you know oh, let's, let's see what's going on on email or something yeah. you know because it was that good of an episode i felt um and, and, and yeah go on one of the things i loved is the her final dress uh if you look at the straps on the final dress makes the westworld logo no, I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, interesting. Yeah, because it's it, you've got a W over her mm-hmm. her shoulder and cleavage. Sure, that's true. Yeah, you're absolutely it was right. Just, now, it was totally the shoulders that I was looking at. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now, now, now uh, we we've had some. Uh, me and Mike do an, another podcast called American God Searching for American Gods podcast, and and we got some uh, hate mail uh for for stupid reasons um and so folks who listen to this ep- this podcast um whatever Rachel Evan Rachel Wood or Jeffrey Wright say on Twitter or whatever that has nothing to do with the show so we're only going to focus on them and the show and their thoughts if they do interviews about the show we're not going to talk about their uh, beliefs and so forth so just a heads up so don't uh, email us about any of that. Thank you. Um, or, or or anybody else in the show, not just those two. Right. We, yeah, we are, yeah, you're, we are, you're right. Yeah. We yeah. are very much, or at least I am, uh, very much about judge the artwork of the artist yeah, by the, the art from art. the artist. Yeah. And, and yeah, and if, if the artist is an asshole, and they or produce just controversial it, because they may not be asshole. Or, or controversial. Tom Cruise or is a wackadoodle, but I'm still going to see the next Mission right. Impossible. Right. Um, yeah, and like, oh, what's her face? We just, uh, Elizabeth Moss is apparently a Scientologist, which is why she's mm-hmm. getting put in all the movies now. Um, I, I don't endorse Scientology. Uh, doesn't mean I can't enjoy her work. Um, I, I don't care what they're doing as long as it's not, you know, rape and murder, unless it's on Westworld, because then it's okay. <laughs> um, unless, you know, then, then whatever, they're just artists shooting their mouth off. And I don't care what my plumber believes. I don't care what the person bagging my grocery believes. I don't care what the train monkey dancing on my screen believes. I just All right. want to be entertained. So back to exactly. the show. 
Right, right. I just had to get that out there because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of controversial stuff that has been said by some of the, the folks on, on in the cast. Um, now, and if uh, that's an issue for you, go see The Hunt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Now, uh, let's see. So, how about the cold open? What did you think about? Are, are we throwing out the spoiler flag? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I guess we can throw out the spoiler flag. I mean, I mean, we're gonna like okay. I said. We're, we're gonna. Uh, I assume most people who listen to this episode aren't here to hear us give it a grade if it was good or not. They're here because they <laughs> want to understand things that we were trying, you know, trying to figure out as well. So we'll throw up the spoil. And Eric just asked us a good question, which was the cold open. So Eric, what about your opinion? You brought that question up. Let's hear your opinion on that one. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, it was an awesome basic, cold. Basically, we get. Uh, well, first of all, I think one of the things they're doing in season three to try and help people um, who were confused by the multiple timelines uh, in previous seasons is uh, every once in a while we'll get like a screen that shows uh, an anomaly happening somewhere in the world, a particular set of coordinates, uh, and then we go there and see what's going on. So that's what happens at the beginning of the show. We see an anomaly happening in uh, somewhere in China. And we go there and we find one of the Delos investors um, who's really pissed off because of the multiple, multiple dozens of murders that happened in the theme park. Uh, and he's talking to somebody that we find out is a hologram wanting to sell all his positions on Delos. Um, and he's mad about it. And then he uh, basically storms off and goes to bed. Um, he puts something in his mouth before he goes to bed. And at some point, I'd, like to, ha- I'd okay. like to have a conversation about that, but not right now. Um, so uh, he goes to bed and then wakes up later with a mask on uh, and basically finds out that uh, everybody else in the house was, was gassed and he had an oxygen mask on. Um, and his automated voice-controlled computer system that controls his house has been uh, reduced to core functionality uh, by none other than our fine Miss Dolores. It's uh, who sh- <laughs> she, she shows up, she's, she hacks his house, um, and basically is there uh, for a very specific reason. Uh, she informs him that she's pretty much already transferred a bunch of his money um, because she wants to use it. Um, and she hasn't been in this world long, but she knows she doesn't want to be here without money. Uh, <laughs> and then pretty much um, uh, puts this guy through, uh, I don't even know what to call it. They're not hallucinations. Uh, hologram. She takes him on a hologram tour of his past atrocities towards his first wife. Uh, apparently he used to beat the crap out of her and she ended up dead supposedly of an accident. Um, and uh, so at, at one point she she gets him to uh, bargain for his life using a bunch of files that he had kept after working for a company called Insight, uh, which we find out is a large company that plays a prominent role in this season. Um and he basically bargains for his life by transferring those files to her. Um, and then using holograms, she basically trips him into uh, injuring himself 
fatally. Would that now, be an uh, apt description? Yes. Now, um, we, we must know that since he has gone through Westworld himself, meaning, you know, you know he's done. Uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. The, that's how she got his um, criminal deeds with his ex or his his past wife or his murdered wife because that's, that's she, one of the things I didn't include in my summary of season two, uh, which is that at one point in season two, uh, they get pl- taken to a place and it's one of these virtual environments. And one of the things Delos has been doing is that every guest that comes to a park, uh, they um, pretty much record their behavior and come up with a, a personality profile for them um, that gets encoded. And in one scene in this virtual environment, Dolores uh, is looking through this in the form of a book in this virtual environment. And she basically reads a shitload of books about a whole bunch of people that have come to the park over the years. Um, And also she just addressed him directly and he seemed to remember her. So I'm guessing he's one of the many people that came to the park and raped her at some point. Uh, Uh, But, but, but there was a personal connection there too. You're, you're missing one thing too, which is based off of what she says to him during her conversation to him in the episode, they're doing more than just making a personality profile. They're actually getting memories from your brain when they do, you know, your physical and they're downloading it or something to a computer because that's why we get the actual murder and the actual beatings um, through the visual um, 3d glasses or whatever you want to call it. That's a fair point. Yep. Yeah, so they've been doing more than just making personality files. They've been actually downloading people's things. And and it's smart if you're a an evil corporation because you can obviously use that for blackmailing in the future. And and here well, not only that, but I believe that both Dolores and Insight um due to having access to all this information have been able to understand human behavior to a certain extent. And and that's how the insight system works that we'll get into later. Right. And, and uh, they talk about the, the fidelity tests in season two quite a bit, mm-hmm. which is how do you know you've perfected the copy of a person is can you predict their behavior? You know, will they mm-hmm. repeat the actual putting them in the same situation as the real person? Will they behave exactly as the real person did? And mm-hmm. they keep testing again and again and again. And they do that with Bernard also at the end. Um, to see, you know, to test their fidelity, did they nail the likeness correctly? And so they can use that to predict what the people's behaviors will be. And so that allows them to anticipate how they're going to respond to, say, a business offer, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and manipulate the person as well as the blackmail material right. that that Dolores has. So it, it gets it, it's basically all about the manipulation, whether it's uh, directly or indirectly. Right, well, and I believe they're doing free will, and they're actually they're actually falling into the hands of the people that are manipulating them. Right, they well, they talk about the loops, right, of the mm-hmm. of the hosts, and this yeah. is talking about you know pointing out that hey, real people got loops too. Right, and, it's, and you know, and, if, and from let me, let me reading this, all those books, yeah, let me let me give this example first, Eric, before you you explain the the actual scenario. Like, and when we did one of our episodes 
last season and we were talking about this exact issue, um, I brought up the fact, like, um, I've written uh, some short stories that have been published. And when I write my short stories and then I re-edit them and I say, I'm going to re-edit this paragraph and write it a different way. And then I write it and then I compare the two, the new version of the paragraph and the old version of the paragraph, they're almost identical. And so I'm thinking I'm going to rewrite something differently. And yet my mind is, is, does the exact same thing anyway. And so I think that's what this is essentially is. Um, and, and it is ob- oddly a very, very, I guess, truthful. And, and like you said, Mike, when we talked about it uh, last season, you mentioned how do, do we really have free will because we're almost programmed to do certain things, even if we think we're doing it by choice, but we're apt to choose the same thing over and over and over, similar to this example that I just gave here. Right. We're, um, we're apt to believe that Eric has free will, but listeners of the podcast all know that if Eric walks into a movie theater that's empty, <laughs> pants are coming off. <laughs> well, and what I was going to say is that uh, that Dolores, from having read all those books of the people in the park, uh, now has the ability to semi-predict people's behavior as well. Uh, and she does so at the end of this episode. Right, right. And I, I don't know if, you know, that that's the one flaw, I think, because each person is programmed. Let's say we're all programmed to do the same thing over and over based off of our brains and how it's formed and all that. Everyone is, is different because, you know, you have people that have OCDs and you have people who love chocolate and who people who like pickles or whatever. And yet, you know, if, if it's people she just met and she doesn't know who they are, I, I wouldn't think even her ability would, would be able to predict certain things. Well, but, but I'm pretty sure she read that guy's book. Well, yeah, at least the, at least the, the main guy, maybe not the goons. I'm talking about the mm-hmm. goons when behind the trees and all that stuff. Oh, well that's not predicting. She's just that good. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. not, let's not be mistaken. Dolores is a lean, mean killing machine. Right, right. And actually, this was the first scene that I, I immediately said, okay, this is um, a really good, uh, the, the the rock star of tonight's episode, and there was a lot of them, uh, was the um, the person who, who uh, what, what's, what, what is it again, Eric, the, the person that does the dresses and, and the clothing and all that other stuff? Oh, the costume department. The costume department. I knew they were going to be the rock star in this episode because there was a great scene where he's, the bad guy or, or the, the guy that we find out is a bad guy um, is on the ground and Dolores walks over and has these like seven inch heels or five inch heels, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they're like wicked expensive ones. And the angle and him like whimpering was like, okay, this, this is, this is um, going to be Dolores's uh, episode. First of all, never mind the fashion or costume designers episode as well. And, uh, I, I kind of think that's how it, how it went, even though there was a lot of rock stars in this episode. I think we all agree that this is a great episode, right? Oh, I liked it. It's a good episode. I, I don't know that I would say great. Um, but I think it's a good episode. Uh, for me, it's an episode like this because this is almost a cold reboot of the entire series, right? Um, mm-hmm. it has a lot of work to do. We have completely changed our setting. We are being introduced to a lot of new characters. 
for most of the episode, I mean, the only characters you have that are returning really is um, is Dolores. I mean, even uh, Charlotte Hale is technically a new person. Um, so we, we they, don't know who's driving that body yet. Exactly. It's Charlotte Hale's body, but we don't know whose brain it is. Um, but so those are really the, and, and you had a little bit of Bernard, but really very little, but, and, but everybody's a new circumstance. Everyone's in a new situation. Nothing is really a direct continuation of where we left off. So it has a lot of work to do to set everything up. So I found it all really interesting. Um, and, but I don't find it necessarily as compelling as when you really get deeper into the story and can really get your hands into the dough and knead the bread quite a bit. So I think it's just, I think it does an excellent job of doing what it is. They've done a great job of establishing this world. The visuals are phenomenal of setting this world up. I'm curious if they, because sometimes in a first episode like this, they have more money to set it up and then they can kind of take shortcuts because they've established what it looks like there. And they can kind of cheat it later on, knowing your your imagination will fill in the gaps. So I'm curious. Right. Yeah, we probably won't get as many, uh, you know, broad sweeping shots of the city and whatnot. And flying uh, cars. They'll, and... they'll be indoors in a room where it can be any room and whatever. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's a good episode because I just I just don't know what I would call it great. Well, well, I think. All right. Let me let me say why I think it's great because I like the the cyberpunk. Um, thriller, science fictiony stuff, rather than um, the robot and all that stuff. So, so I, I'm, I'm I, again, I like the robot stuff too. But I've always been particular when, when you know I have when I like my science fiction, it's it's type of stuff that was in this episode. So maybe for me, it stands out more than uh, other episodes because again, this is the type of science fiction grind type thrillers killing machines all that stuff you know this is like upgrade you know and this, there, this, and this is that, and this reason. is going to be something that they're going to be dwelling in for the entire season i just think it's going to get even better from here right right yeah and that's probably the reason why upgrade was my favorite film from 2018 right because again this is the, it's the same type of feel and and right. so you know so either way um what 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 do we want to say about this rest about this scene anyway? I guess it's a good setup to show where they're going, where, or at least what what uh, Dolores's mission is anyway. Right, and I do think um, there was something key that Dolores said during the cold open uh, that I think they probably did on purpose. Uh, I think a lot of people had trouble. Um, rooting for Dolores in season two because she was basically like kill all humans they all deserve to die um, sure. and as humans watching the show some people had trouble getting behind that uh, so <laughs> what she says during cold open here is she says I've hurt so many people I don't want to hurt anymore unless I know they're going to hurt me and you're going to try and hurt me <laughs> I know that from right. reading your book. Right, uh, this is where she could predict. Yep. Right. So, so I think that was that was a key statement for her to make during this initial episode of the season to to clarify she's she's not on a mission to murder everybody. Except. Except. 
<laughs> she kind of does, but that's <laughs> right. Right. She does do a bit of murdering. Yeah. Well, not everybody, just the people who are trying to hurt her. Uh, well, well yeah, I, I mean, put it this way. She's, she's murdering people similar to a, a spy novel or a spy well, movie. In other words, to be fair, the people that she murdered were trying to make her overdose on drugs and dispose of her body. So I think it's justified. Um, <laughs> uh, well, also, also the people she's murdering too are not quote unquote, as the gangsters would say, civilians. They're people specifically in the, the quote unquote figure of mob or analogy that I'm using. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the world that she's in, that she's murdering. It's not just, bystanders as well. Mm-hmm. So I see what Eric's saying, but I see what you're going to say too, Mike. So go on and say, explain. Which, is, which is going to be that they didn't, these, these were not people coming across a random innocent woman and trying to rape and murder her. These are people that recognize that she's a person who was up to no good. Um, but, and that, but they were still trying to kill her. Oh, they, they the, were the gangster way. They weren't. Oh, they were, her. they absolutely they were. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she wasn't, but I'm also going to say that if you notice, <clears throat> she came to that particular fight with a pre-made uh, Tommy Flanagan body. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think her plan, like if if, the, if their goal was to, you know was just to dump her off somewhere, she knew they were going to try to murder her, or or she right. knew she was going, or rather, let or me phrase that. She knew she was, she knew she was going to kill them. So. Whether now she'll say, "Well, I knew their data that told me that they were going to do mm-hmm. that," and that might be so. But she was kind of asking for it a little bit, given what she who the who she was fucking around with too. You know, she went into the mob and as tried ripping them off as yeah. a mobster. So, uh, look, it's fair. It's 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 your she's, she's dealing with players. It's fair game. It's all fair game. Um, they're getting what they deserve, but she was kind of asking for it here so, too. So how does this mean she wants to kill everybody? Because no. mm-hmm. that was your argument beginning, is that she wants to kill everybody. I'm she's saying she doesn't want to kill talking, everybody. He's, a talk, he's talking to you, Mike, because I said I said she wasn't going to kill want to kill civilians. You, well, you, you said everybody. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see what actually ends up her goal long term. Let's see what plan she cooks oh, up. Oh, I think I know what her goal is. Uh, I've got some idea about, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, I'm just saying, I, um, I, I don't know. We'll see whether she's intending to kill everybody who just accidentally ends up doing it. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Either way, she's not truly a friend of humanity either way. No, 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 no. not at all. That's a fact. Yeah. Even if she says she doesn't want to kill them, she's almost now looking at humans or actually she's looking at anybody, human or host as dis- disposable. In other words, anybody that's in her way is a problem. If they're not in her way, it's just collateral damage. The well, problem is everybody's in her way. <laughs> it depends on what her goal is. At this point, I don't even think she necessarily cares whether somebody's a host or they're human. I think at this point, her, her exactly. issue is, is uh, people being controlled. Um, so right. hosts being put on their loops and this, this system of prediction they have in place, uh, trying to sort people 
You know, it's basically, you know, like the Harry Potter sorting hat, only it's a big fucking computer. Uh, saying you do this, you do that. Your role is this. Your role is that. Um, I have so a feeling little, she little sees little that as a form of control, and she wants to make that system fall down and go boom. Right. The question is, is she going to be a hero, or is she going to be a villain? In, in other words, I think that depends that, on your viewpoint, as it has the whole time. I think I think you're absolutely right because, because <laughs> no matter what, there's gonna yeah, no matter what. Because you and I, particularly, have gone back and forth on Dolores. Yes, yes, we have, and now I'm 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 full on board with Dolores, similar to I turned with Cersei's. So okay, so yeah, so I'm I'm, but I agree, you're, you're absolutely right, Eric. Me and you debated before, but now I'm just looking at the show as as cyberpunk coolness. So I'm I'm with Dolores all the way. All right. Um. All right. So there's a couple of new uh, actors that joined the cast, including uh, uh, we already named one, uh, Tommy Flanagan from um, Sons of Anarchy. I had to put on uh, subtitles every time he came on because I couldn't understand anything he was saying. And yeah. and one of my best friends is is Scottish, and I don't understand anything he's saying either. So uh, yeah, so I had subtitles on. Uh, John, you've, Gallagher, got, you've got Scottish friends, so you can't be a racist. I got it. All right. There you go. Uh, hey, he just became American. He got his uh, citizenship just uh, a couple of months ago. Um, and his wife's actually from Ireland, and she just got hers as well. Uh, then we have John Gallagher, uh, uh, known for many films like Cloverfield Lane and um, Host. Uh, not Host. Uh, what was that film I hate about the asparagus? What the hell is that called? <laughs> Hush. I, Hush. That's part of your problem, Phil. It's not a film about asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> that is part of your problem. He's absolutely right. Uh, and he was in the Belco ex- uh, experiment. He was the, the hero in that. Um, and then we had uh, Eric's favorite uh, actor, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, what? He, he, no, yeah. I think he's a particularly good actor. He's, let's be clear. He's not an actor. He's a football player. This is stunt casting. His yes, character's name is Giggles. All right. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, and uh, there's a few other actors of note, um, including um, uh, the guy from Aaron Breaking Paul. Aaron Paul. Thank you, this guy, uh, Aaron Paul. And then there's going to be another actor that only had a had no no role yet, but he's going to be in next episode. Uh, Vincent Cassell. Uh, so there's a few um, names added to the cast. Uh, yeah, there's a couple people shown in the, uh, post credit sequence that'll be around next week that weren't in this episode particular. Exactly. Uh, so I think the, the this, this after this season is going to probably focus mostly on giggles and Marshawn Lynch's character. I hope not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I just want to see all the emotions light up on giggles shirt. <laughs> I just want him around long enough so we can see sad, and angry. I just want to just just get making sure we get all the emotions checked off before we kill him off. <laughs> also, also, Eric, I was very. I watched the you know at the end they they interview. There's like a five minute little yeah yeah. yeah. And they actually interview him, and he actually commented. He didn't say no comment. He said he actually answered the questions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for folks who don't know, he did a famous press conference where every question that was asked, he goes, "I'm uh, I have no comment. I'm just here because I have to be." Someone else. No, so no, what, no, what is, no, the line was, "I'm just here so I won't get fined." That's right. Oh, he's that guy. Okay, I remember he's hearing that. that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, for listeners who don't know, I don't give a give a fuck about football. Um, <laughs> I recognize the name Marshawn Lynch because I've heard it, and I recognize that clip because I can respect that kind of honesty. Um, because uh, athletes, I'm, I am a fan of baseball, but any any athlete you stick in front of a microphone usually offers really stupid shit to say. Uh, well, I tried my best, you know. Where it's all it's all for the team. You're all very generic. Bland. <laughs> Just so you know, Mike. Marshawn Lewis is is a running back who used to play for the Seattle Seahawks, and his claim to fame yeah, is Buffalo too. Buffalo. Uh, he has a very very physical running style, uh, and so when he would start knocking people over, they would call it beast mode. Uh, and he has a very famous run that happened during the playoffs in Seattle called Beast Quake, um, because he broke off like a sixty yard run, and the crowd went so crazy that it actually registered on the Richter scale. That's right. Yep. Oh yeah, and he was really good. He was he was awesome. Uh, I don't. He it, technically, I think he still could play, but I don't. I think he, he burned not. his bridges. Yeah, he kind of burned he, his he bridges. He played last year, I think. I think he was on the active roster last year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But but he was a buff, first round pick of the Buffalo Bills. Played some damn good years there, and then went to Seattle and had some damn good years there too. Yep. Um. Yeah, well, let's see what else. Uh, okay, so what do we want to talk about now? We can talk about everything and anything again, since we just talked about the the a cold opening. Um, well, how did he die exactly? I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. Um, oh, he fell in the pool and, and cracked his head open. Oh, is that? I know he fell in the pool, but I was like, uh, Dolores falling uh, into the pool was actually fatal. Okay, he drowned. He drowned. Evan. Okay, hang on. Dolores projected a hologram of herself, so right. it looked like she was walking in front of him, and he right. grabbed his golf club to try and kill her on her way out. Yeah, I got uh, that. And because she wasn't actually there, and it was a hologram, he swung right through her and overbalanced into this pool where he cracked his head on the edge of the pool. But he okay, was cracking, yeah. it was no. a cracking his head on the edge of the pool that I missed. Okay, and then, and okay, then because I just saw. But he didn't die. Right. I just assumed he was going to like run off the edge of the the balcony or something like that. Um, but yeah, so he just he ran into a pool. I've seen Jerry Lewis movies. You can fall in a pool and not die. Right, but he cracked his head. Okay, that's what I missed. All well, right. and I think that yeah. was intentional on the part of Dolores because that was theoretically what happened to his first wife that right. she cracked her head in the pool and died. Right. Yeah, is this, this was, was her, this an example of her not trying to kill people? No, this, this no, is this, this is, is an example of her killing somebody that was trying to hurt her. It, it was actually even better than that. Erica. It was an example of her reading, uh, making a calculation based off of someone's personality, what they would do, and so she purposely made it so the hologram would be near the pool where he would miss and crack his head. And That's I never said she didn't want to hurt anyone. I said she didn't want to kill everybody. There's a distinct difference between those two statements, Mike. <laughs> that is true. Yes, because, it, because a mobster is a murdering bastard, but doesn't mean yeah. he wants to kill everybody. He just wants yeah, to kill everybody. He, he's in that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2 mode where he like <laughs> fucks up the people in the no, bar, no. but... but no fatality. Oh, the right side at the end where, oh, that's right. When he the shoots up the cops, so no, so he shoots 20 dudes in the D and goes, they'll yeah. live. They'll live. <laughs> no fatalities. <laughs> Just... Oh, great robots think alike. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah, so that was the deal. Is is she ironically made him kill himself? Right, right. So speaking of uh, Dolores, so she hooks up with this executive uh, who's the son of of a are now quote unquote technically the owner of this new comp this company or at least a stockholder, um, and uh, being the beautiful woman that she is. Um, it's not surprising that she would be able to get into uh, a dating situation with such a man um, or a young man, you know, someone that looks basically the same age as her. Um, however, there, there is a, a nice little line there where one of his friends comes up to her and goes, uh, you know what? He usually doesn't go for girls like you. And I think that was the, the cue to, to let us know that, um, she was able to, you know, use her wily beauty to get in when usually he probably goes for like the, the tall blondes or an Asian woman mm-hmm. or something. And in this case, she's completely different than what he usually dates, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but also she uses her, she probably has the, the other thing, Eric too. Not only is she a very attractive woman that would get the eye of someone like him, but she has the ability to read and manipulate as we've discussed. I mean, she's mm-hmm. a woman. Well, well, well so a that, robot that looks like a woman. Yes, uh, obviously, yes. Uh, if you're you're attractive enough, you you can have some extra power. But also, she has something else, uh, the ace in the hole, in a sense, which is she knows his personality traits probably based off of reading these books or whatever you want to call them, Eric, mm-hmm. and probably knows his weaknesses. That's what she's he, using. So that's the word I'm using. Yeah, and and I don't want to say tr- weaknesses. Uh, weaknesses is with quotes, but behavior patterns. His behavior patterns, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm interested to see the link in between the, the what was the information that was collected at Delos and what's being used in this uh, system at Insight. Um, we find out yeah, that so the system the is Insight, right? He's the son of the guy that created Insight. He's the son of one of the guys that created Insight. There were two guys. The other guy's name we find out at the very end of this episode uh, is Serac, I believe. Yes, that's right. Uh, the system yeah, is called Rehob- Rehoboam, which apparently is a biblical reference. Um, I had to look it up. Uh, he was the first king of the kingdom of Judah and the son of Solomon. Um, yeah, so I don't know what that, significant that has. In Kevin Lutz, like we're going to get a message from Kevin Lutz, yes. <laughs> See, me, me and Mike are well, already... I, 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 don't know the I don't know the significance of them giving that name to this particular system, because what the system does um, is basically, I, I think it like predicts events. Um, it basically predicts what's going to happen, and that's part of what makes it in charge of figuring out who should do what. Um, yeah. So, um, the, the, how is a little bit fuzzy. Um, apparently it, it does so many calculations per second. They, they got to a point where they couldn't even measure it anymore. Uh, this, this machine is that powerful. Uh, and it basically analyzes every single thing that's going on everywhere all the time on earth. Right, right. How it makes money, I have no idea. Maybe they make money from predictions. I don't know. I, I, well, it, it's intended to manipulate everyone. There's um, a well, not viral 
uh, what do they call it? But it's it's one of those things uh, where they have the faux, the marketing campaign, it's the faux reality. And so you can sign up to get news updates from the Delos Corporation about booking your vacation and whatnot. And one of the things they tell, they sent you, uh, if you signed up for this a couple of weeks ago, there was news articles about uh, Insight and its mm-hmm. proposed new legislation. This is about 10 years in the future, which means it's probably about 50 years in the past for Westworld, mm-hmm. um, where it's basically you know a secure information security thing and why it'll be good for everybody. You know, if Congress passes this law to allow this thing to be built <laughs> and so forth. Um, and re- reality is it's, it's, you know, we live in an information society and if you control the information, I mean, Facebook makes money by selling your data. Now people are going to be broken hearted to realize that their data amounts to something like 12 cents a year. Uh-huh. That's how much your life is worth. It's just that the, you know, you have, you know, seven, you know, well, three, 4 billion people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that multiplies out to a whole hell of a lot every year. Um, so this well, thing and, is, and it and it doesn't doesn't actually determine sales. So in other words, you, they sell your uh, name to let's use for example Coca Cola for twelve cents. Coca Cola then puts a sponsored ad on your timeline to drink Coca Cola. But if you're not a cola person, it's never it's never gonna. No, but it's a. It's it's amazing how this sort of data collection. I I, I have to have mentioned this. Yeah, it links that. to your search history too. It links well, to your links, but just stuff like that that uh, from the data collection they can learn about you from things that were unrelated to the things that you think the data is there for. Um, somebody text me when we're talking about the show yeah, again. So yeah, but I'm saying so this this ties into some of that. Is that you can you can learn things about people through indirect behaviors besides just doing what it is that they want. There's like your political affiliation. For weird reasons, people who lean right tend to shop at Walmart and drink Coca-Cola, and people who lean left tend to prefer Target and drink Pepsi. Has nothing to do with their political affiliation, and yet that does end up having something to do right, with it. Right, and, and as a result, yeah, I read that too, where like uh, those who lean right buy Wranglers and those who lean left buy Levi's or something, because Wranglers are are a big at Walmart and Levi's are there too, but Wranglers, I guess, has a bigger section and I don't know. Or, or whatever. <laughs> but, so the idea, and this is this is kind of where, where Westworld is, is right, can you take this data, the metadata, can you take the metadata and predict people, control people, manipulate people, um, we, we see this with Aaron Paul's character um, in that he's being uh, – they're trying to kind of manipulate him with the data from his dead friend. Um, you know, I don't think that's to, what that was, though. Well, they're trying well, to they're, – but, they're, but in other words, they're, trying, they're using it for therapy for him. Yeah, right? they're using it for good purposes technically, but it's still manipulating right. the, what they think his friend means to him. Because, okay. because the phone calls from the computer that pretends to be his friend is just a, a computer program. But not, he knows that. Correct. Yeah. But, but it's, again, it's, it's, but it's a therapy session that's intended to move him in the direction that the world wants him to. Because it wants him to play the game. And so it's okay. there to talk All him right. into playing the game. And what's going to make Aaron Paul's character special is that he is a character who will refuse. This is my guess, just to be clear. 
he's a he's a character who's going to refuse to play the game which is going to make him somewhat like Dolores is that he's going to be someone who's right they're going to get predestined along role and he does not want to play that predestined role anymore well and she's i think she's going to help him uh to not do that right um, and, and that's a good point though that what Mike brought up Eric because all that backstory for Paul's character technically could have we, we didn't really need because he could have just been uh, a nice bystander that sees a hurt woman and goes and helps her. And then he and she become friends and then he just becomes part of her quote unquote army. But they wanted us, meaning the audience to understand his thinking, meaning how he doesn't really want to play by the rules or, or wants to leave the, the machine or the wheel or the, the man, if you prefer, whatever the term you want to use. And, and they wanted us, the audience to see that rather than him just being some person walking down the street that sees a hurt girl. Well, yeah. And there may be other reasons too. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, because I mean, it shows that he, he's probably good with, computers and guns maybe too but well well not only that but part of his backstory is that he's in the military right with his friend francis who's now dead um and then there's also there's a there's a scene where he visits his mom right yep yes where where she says you're not my son well i didn't know if that was alzheimer's and she just didn't know who he was well it could be it could be uh, but then there's also a scene later when uh, somebody points a gun in his face and threatens to shoot him in his head, and he goes, "You're you're you're not the first person to do that either." So right. all of this could be coincidence, or all of this could be clues that are being dropped for us to later find out that he's a host. Oh, that's an interesting aspect. It's possible. Yeah, I I didn't think of that, Eric. That's a good point. Yeah, or or it could just be to show that he's just one of those people that's at the end and doesn't even care if he's alive and he's just going through the motions and then now <laughs> he's going to have have a a meaning whether the meaning is a good meaning or not I don't know because <laughs> he's I mean generally he seems like a nice guy but he also is a criminal we don't have to admit that so if he's I'm not has, making a prediction here I'm I just yeah. saying that, that like I noticed those things yeah sure and a lot of details get put into the Westworld show on purpose. Right. Sure. Sure. And, right. And I was just, I was just throwing out some scenarios too. Uh, maybe I was yep. just talking out, out loud, but there's always that too, where he's just this loner. And then suddenly he now has a purpose. You know, one, one example of that would be like the stand where, um, uh, oh, I forget the guy's name, the actor, he's passed away now. Uh, he was in RoboCop too, but he was in the stand and he becomes the, the second in command of the bad, the villain and he's in, you know, he's, he has no purpose in life. And then he has purpose at the, uh, because he gets picked up by the bad man or the walking man or the walking dude or whatever. Um, <laughs> People who have not rare, read the stand right? think you're fucking crazy right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but basically this character in the, the mid TV miniseries played by Herrera's, um, nephew or, or, or son. And, uh, He's like this petty criminal, and then by the end of the the show, he becomes like the number two man of the of the bad guy, and because now he has a meaning because someone saw something in him, and then at the very end, he loses 
faith in the bad man because everything's going to hell. And I'm thinking maybe that's the route they're going to do with Aaron Paul, where he's this guy that has no meaning. Then he'll become a bad man because he'll be the number two for Dolores. And then maybe at the end of the show. Miguel Ferrer? Yeah, Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the guy's name. Jose Ferrer's son or or whatever. Um, And then Aaron Paul may at the end of the show, or maybe he could be the one to to stop the apocalypse, or maybe he's going to be the one to you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just thinking you may have that curve, that bell curve of of uh, quote unquote loser to powerhouse number two bad guy to disenfranchise and becoming the hero. Okay, I don't, I, just, just... I, I don't think we're headed for apocalypse though. <laughs> I, I, that's first. I, I I don't think I don't think that's her goal. I think she wants to take down these big ass companies that are controlling people. I guess, but I guess, uh, semantically, you're right. Apocalypse isn't the the right word. It should have been whatever her whatever her her final goal is. He may be mm-hmm. the one to it or something. I don't know. But again, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Some ideas. She's throwing out the things out there. Got to better be better than running fiber cable, right? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. It depends on if you if you believe in. The afterlife, and do you want your soul to go to hell? Or not? But, but right, absolutely. In, in TV land, it's better. We wouldn't be having a show of him just laying laying uh, f- fiber for for a telephone company. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be interesting. Yeah, he doesn't seem very captivated by his profession. No. Um. So yeah, so Dolores's goal is to somehow get a hold of the secret that's in insight. And her goal to do that is to date this guy. Who's the son of one of the creators of this big computer. However, she eventually learns that he really has no power in the company. Um, but he, she gets, well, and more important, he, he doesn't have access to the system. And that's really what she wanted to use him for. Exactly. So she needs the name of someone who has access, and and at least he has a name, or he could have a name, or that's what he, she hopes. But, of course, someone figures out that she has a different agenda because her um, the, the man, that, I guess, for security for the company, uh, played by Tommy Flanagan, um, discovers that the identity that she's using is a false identity. It's an identity of a, a 12-year-old girl from the Ukraine who died in a car accident. Right. And, and so she has been using that um, as her identity, and he figures it out. Um, so uh, that's one story. The other story is Paul's story, uh, which is, which is um, Aaron Paul's story, which is the one about... character's name is Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, and I'm sure that was intentionally named Caleb, you know, because the the that's a biblical name as well. Um, he basically is like we discovered a, a nobody that doesn't like his life that does petty theft, um, or actually probably even bigger than petty theft when you think about it, and he has a lot of demons from his past, which include the not being accepted by his mother, not. Uh, having his, seen his friend die in combat, 
among other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the other story. And then we have Bernard's story where he is hiding from, uh, I guess, like uh, international police. <laughs> He's They're- hiding from everybody. He's basically set up as a patsy uh, to take the fall for what happened at Delos, saying that he went around murdering everybody. Uh, or was the cause of all the murder. So he's being hunted by all of the authorities um, in connection with that. Right, right. And so his story for this episode is he, he goes from, uh, it appears that he's he's switching, he's on the move all the time. He's like the Hulk from the TV show. <laughs> I guess so. Right. I miss the sad piano music. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, so he's if if he get if his ID gets caught, he has to move to the next town, and then he tries to make a living there. And then if his ID is spoiled again, then he has to move to the next town, and, and that's what's happening. Well, and I feel really bad for Bernard at this point because, okay, his new identity is um, Armand something. So yeah, he's, Armand living, Delgado. he's living as Armand. Oh, yeah, Armand Delgado. Yeah. So Armand Delgado is his actual identity he's living under. And he has this like remote control where he like can switch person personality profiles, I guess. Um, and he basically uses it to grill himself every day to find out if he's lying to himself. And it's like, Oh my God, that's horrible. He's gone fucking nuts. Well, I thought that was a, I thought that was a brilliant twist because one of the framing sequences of season one and season two was the Bernard questions with Dolores, and season uh-huh. one it's Bernard questioning Dolores, and season two it's Dolores questioning Bernard, and now it's Bernard questioning Bernard, and and it's and those were used previously to to fuck up the the framing right in the in terms uh-huh. of the narrative and misdirect and mislead the audience. Whereas here, it's just, oh my god, this guy's freaking weird and nuts. But it's an interesting <laughs> idea, you know, because so it's the kind of thing you can do as a machine. And, um, you know, we've seen that there was always, in Bernard, there was always the Bernard that we saw most of the time. And there, and there was the Bernard that murdered Teresa, right, at... Um, at, at Ford's beck and call, mm-hmm. you know, so there's the conscious Bernard and then there's the, the Terminator Bernard. Well, and what's interesting to me is that he's switching back and forth in this episode all the time. And, and that doesn't quite make sense to me because all of these personalities, right? Like the hosts, they may be programmed, but they're, they're, they're so complex that they actually have personalities and they have self interest, Right. So uh, it's interesting to me that when when he's switching personalities with his little remote, that the other personality is automatically willing to seek control back. Um, like he, when when he had to defend himself in this episode, he switched to the Terminator personality, as you called it, um, and then immediately switches back afterwards. It seems to me that that personality might want to remain in the driver's seat. Um, but that was just my process of thinking about it. What did you think? Well, I, well, well I, I felt, uh, I, I was going to say is that I felt it was Robert Ford's back door. So he was a robot the entire time. We didn't know it. 
how, except for Robert Ford, who is Anthony Hopkins' character. And so he had that back door, and we, you know, the then we eventually see it at the, you know, in the prior seasons, mm-hmm. and and so I don't think the the back door was programmed as a full personality. It was more of a, a slave than a personality that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i'm thinking that the bernard the good bernard the the one that we see mostly is the one that you mean armand yeah the one that's being played armand mm-hmm. he's the one that is the regular personality like any of these hosts and then the second personality is just a backdoor personality that was created by ford to do violent acts and I don't think it has its full a full personality as the Armand part of Bernard. Mm, okay, all right, I see where you're coming from. What about you, Mike? What do you yeah, think? and that's kind of what I was assuming. I was assuming that he's kind of um, switching to drone mode, right? Um, yeah, that's an excellent way to put it. Drone, yeah. And and so he's been somehow, and we don't know how, but we know that Bernard can use the uh the ipads whatever they're called yeah to to control other hosts i'm going to assume he can do that to program himself and so has programmed himself to question himself and you know propose questions pose answers and all of these things and part of it is that it's going to seed control mm-hmm. um the, the fun part is what happens late in the episode where bernard who's also trying not to kill people <laughs> can't imagine why people don't like these killer robots uh you know does flip you know is, is discovered he's outed and he uh takes you know a horrible fury upon those who would leak his true identity to the man and uh murder some people by going by by deliberately switching himself into battle mode were they dead oh uh, no no they don't he doesn't kill them he he okay he he injures them badly. He wounds their pride yes. severely. They're definitely unconscious. <laughs> uh, to, to mention the other thing in this in episode, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Charlotte Hale, played by Tessa Thompson, is still on the Delos board, and she's pretty much the one that set up Bernard as uh, the fall guy here. Um, and apparently she's also just trying to wrest control of the company um, and the rest of the board members are not happy with this uh, because there's an empty seat that they're saying uh, should be occupied by somebody who also gets to have a say in the decision. I'm assuming that chair belongs to the man in black. Uh, but yeah. it was uh, he gave it over to a robot proxy who, of course, is agreeing with Charlotte Hale. Uh, and they're trying to, uh, I believe, take the company private. Um so they won't have any shareholders to worry about, and they also won't have any shareholders to answer to. Right. Now, you see, originally I was thinking the Tessa Thompson pearl, the pearl that's in her host body, was Robert Ford. But based mm. off of what you just said now, Eric, which <laughs> is if um, the man in black's proxy agreed to go with Tessa Thompson's character – it makes me think maybe it's not because technically Ford and the man in black were adversaries. 
So I wouldn't think the adversaries, the proxy for the adversary of Ford would agree with mm-hmm. Ford. So now I'm thinking maybe it, Tessa Thompson I, isn't Ford. I don't think we're ever going to hear from Ford again. Yeah, uh, okay. that would be my guess. And um, I think we got the farewell from Ford in the cradle last season. Right. Um, yeah. Sure, sure. And I don't think she wants a human she walked out she to the best of my knowledge she picked five pearls mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, you, mean, you mean um Dol- dolores dolores walked out mm-hmm. of westworld with five pearls um i don't think bernard counts as one of those five True. no so but he was a different creation and that he was something he was so, a different creation um, but there's at least four, probably five pearls. And while there's a possibility that one of those pearls is someone we haven't met, I, right. I think it's uh, in all likelihood, it's, it is somebody we are familiar with, which really limits the possibilities. And if I understand the mythology correctly, and again, I haven't watched the final episode of the season, um, any of the characters that went through the door to the great beyond, are off the table. Are off the table. So we see in one of the, the, the previews for upcoming episodes where someone asks uh, Tommy Flanagan, is that you, Teddy? I think was it um, uh, is that you in there, Teddy? And so I don't think it's Teddy because Teddy goes to the great beyond. So I don't think Teddy is one of them who would mm-hmm. be the most obvious. So who is really left? Um, Her you friend, have uh, what's her name? You have Clementine. Oh, oh, Clementine. oh, oh to, to, yeah, yeah. No, Clementine? no. Cle- oh, right. Yeah. But even though Clementine was really more friends with Maeve, by that point she was a slave of Dolores. I was also right, thinking but she it was also been... badly damaged, so she may not be a good pick. Right. I was you thinking it could be Angela. Angela was going to be my second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also get characters like Hector um, oh, right. and yeah, Armistice, Hector. Uh, Armistice uh, yeah. who would be characters that would be useful. Um, I don't think. She, I mean, I don't know that they can. They, I guess you can make copies of them. So I suppose she could have brought a Maeve copy with her, but I don't think they're going to go there. I don't no, know if they want either. multiple copies of the same person. Uh, there's Stubbs, um, but I think he was still up and going right at the end. No, I of think the, Stubbs is still in the park. Yeah, so I doubt it's going to be him. Well, uh, what about the guy that, that the Scottish actor, uh, not Flanagan, the other one, the guy that that was in Session Nine. The guy that was in session nine, is that Delos? If it's the one I'm thinking of, the one who was in the room being yeah, tested yeah. for fidelity over and over again. I thought that was yeah, Delos, yeah, wasn't that, it? Yeah, yeah, that guy. I forget his I forget the actor's name. But yeah. I'm talking character. about the character, not the actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was in Ozark too. Um okay. Yeah, that character. Could it be his his character? Mm, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Um yeah. But, I mean, really, there are not a lot of options, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the Westworld oh, oh, cast... Oh, 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 I got one. The, the, un, the unseen co-creator of Westworld, the name that we all... That's Arnold? All, Arnold, yeah, that one. Arnold's Bernard. But now it could be the real Arnold. Uh, I think you reached on that one. Yeah, I, th- I don't know that she. <laughs> I don't think she wants people. I think she wants. I think she wants robots. Yeah, all right. 
that that's that's me. That's my guess. It may be. I mean, maybe one of them is for that would be again kind of a twist. It's a way to keep Anthony Hopkins without keeping Anthony Hopkins. Um, you have all the the various Japanese character from that aspect, but I still think it would be someone from the Westworld park that she has been familiar with. Uh, you have the character whose name escapes me, but it's played by Stephen Ogg. Um, Stephen Ogg. Um. Yeah, uh, he played Simon in Walking Dead. He plays the lead in Grand Theft Auto. Um, he's, 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 I, I just, I, I don't know. He played. How do you spell? How do you spell Og? What's last? How do you spell? Og. His character's O-G-G. name is Rebus, but I'll be damned what if I it? remember him. Oh, he's the guy that liked to drink the milk. Going way back to the first season. Ogg. Yeah, see, he's not listed in the in the main credits. Okay, so he's her father's got to be one of them. Her father could be one of them, but he's like Clementine. He may have been damaged. Right. You know, so, right. I, I'm oh, Peter Abernathy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he's another possibility. Um, so it'll be really, like I said, so there's not a lot, and you just, of real, I mean, and when I mentioned characters like Armistice and Hector, these were allies to Maeve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Although they, Armistice certainly could go, because Armistice is mostly interested in just murdering people. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, how many other hosts were there? I mean, is she going to bring Lawrence along? I doubt it. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, we didn't spend, we had um, Gustavo Fring, um, blanking on the actor's name right now. Mm-hmm. Right. He played um, the head of the, uh, of the, of the bad guy's briefly last season um but you know he was like the third character we've seen play that role the third host play that role mm-hmm. you know nobody cares about them lawrence is actually the one we got to know and the no, i think armistice is a good de- guess um yeah lawrence yeah angela's a good guess oh uh yeah yeah angela i, I think it's a pretty good guess yeah yeah well angela tur- angela was basically her uh, her her second her, her lieutenant her, after Teddy, right? Um, yes. Yes. You know, she did. All, I mean, Clementine was there as her drone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Clementine was a drone, and then basically Teddy was the angel, and and uh, Angela was the devil on her shoulders, right? And Angela was the enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was more enforcer. You're right. It's not really a devil because it wasn't like Angela or Teddy. Con- or was consciously changing her opinion. They were, uh, Angela just went along, and Teddy kept on fighting her. Right. And fighting as in, in uh, bickering. But if... I, I Okay, so I believe that she would not have put anybody in Charlotte Hale's body that she did not right. completely trust. Um, right. So you believe who is going to be Charlotte? That's a. I still don't know. Um, I mean, my best. They're, guess they're doing. Theory, they're doing a really good job of holding their cards close to the chest on that yeah. one. And my my yeah. best guess, if I were to pick one of them, based on their past experience, I might go with Angela because Angela had that had been like the host mm-hmm. of the of the literal host, right? Your welcoming wagon to Westworld. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so she has that sort of, you know, 
the experience with interacting with real people, not in their guest roles, but as real people, mm-hmm. um, right. and and would have some more of those diplomatic skills. You know, whereas like you know, uh, Armistice, you know, would probably not be have those abilities. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. All right, and, also, and I don't think, and I also don't think that like her father would necessarily be on board with everything or, or could be trusted to be on board with whatever her plans are. And the same might be true of a number of other characters. Well, I'm thinking it could possibly be Clementine as well. And not because I, it makes sense because Clementine technically was a drone and, and could go back with Tandy Newton's character anyway, Maeve. But because I heard the rumor is, is that the actress that plays Clementine may make an appearance somewhere in, in this season. Mm. Well, I didn't hear that about Tallulah Riley, who plays Angela. Angela. And the other thing we have to remember is they can gender bend, right? There's there's nothing yes. saying that they couldn't put Hector in, in, in uh Right, right, right. In her body. Right. Well that's why but again, as far as interpersonal skills, Hector maybe not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And again, <laughs> Hector was much more loyal to Maeve, who I think Dolores, again, kind of saw more as a rival than an ally. Right. But again, we, we, all these personality traits can be changed because we've seen Clementine, not Clementine, yep. uh, Maeve use the iPads and change her own. You know, so if she can do that, technically any of them could be. Well, she changed. could change her stats. Yeah, stats, you're right. Not necessarily that, right. And because she changed the stats that changed her personality, but Teddy was just went from Teddy to evil Teddy. Yeah, right. right. That's right. You know, he didn't go from Teddy to being ballroom dancer Teddy. You know, right. or 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 Teddy had a, or Teddy's loyalty shifted. You know, he right. could make him lo- more loyal or less loyal, more compassionate, right. less compassionate. So they could take um Hector and make him less loyal. But it's going to be more or less loyal to Maeve, not, you know, they, I don't know that they had a thing to switch his right. loyalty from one that, person that to the next. Yeah. But again, it's the, the it's it's the magic iPad of of Deus Ex Machina, right? You can make it into <laughs> anything, anything you want. Right. And there's still programs, meaning that they were computer, whether they're sentient or not, they're still computer programs. So if someone hacks into them. Technically, you could think they could change the personality of the program. Well, I think these are supposedly, if by my understanding of the mythology of the series, these are really complicated programs that are not easy to manipulate. Right? Mm-hmm. That you that in order to well, get a stable program, you have to have, you know, you you have to kind of leave things be. You can, and that's up why it. they were still flummoxed when they actually saw what was happening with Maeve's code when she became able to control the other hosts. That one tech guy was like, "Holy shit! I've never seen anything like that." Um, and it was because they found the code in Mave that she had pretty much created on her own, um, just through evolving or whatever. Um, and they copied part of that code and used it to make the uh, the uh, ooh, suicide death bomb of uh, what's her face uh, that went riding in on the horse. Um, was, that, was that Angela? Was that Angela or Clementine? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I've got um, that episode. Yeah. Anyway, my point being, 
that, yeah, the, the hosts themselves modified their own code in manners that were much more complex than what the humans had ever done. Sure, sure. Well, and, but I'm thinking because the Insight program computer, which is probably more complex than even the host, mm-hmm. technically someone like that, like this Sarek guy, could possibly do it if he could make a computer like the Insight. Mm-hmm. So you're probably right, Eric, but I'm just saying that they're, if they want to throw the do X machina in, like Mike said, and say, you know what, someone can actually hack in and, and change personalities, then the, you know it could happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it, as we said at the beginning of this show, unlike say Game of Thrones, where you, except for Jon Snow, obviously, and, and Barak von whatever his name was, when you died, you're dead. In this show here, technically, your character, any of the hosts could die, but they could bring them back to life continuously because all, all they have to do is create a, a body. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, we have to see. I mean, you used to have the cradle, and you can use the cradle to make a new pearl. And right. now you don't have that ability anymore. You don't well, have. We don't. Or it doesn't can, seem like. We know she had the ability to make. You could still use the same actor. They can they can make more bodies. Yeah. I don't know how much money Dolores got from that dude. Maybe she got another another enough money to uh, oh, create yeah, another right. factory. Uh, and yeah, meanwhile, uh, Charlotte Hale's uh, re re uh, starting host production. Right. Yeah, that's true. So that is true. Who knows? Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because we've got to mention at the beginning in the cold opening, not only did she uh, get information about insight, but she also stole all the guy's money, basically. Uh, I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe did. I was. I was. I just missed it. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. I mean. Obviously, we're doing some speculation here. This is this is the type of stuff that we're hopefully going to find information out. Maybe we'll get some clues. I don't think they're as if it's like anything like season one, especially the clues won't be as easy for us non Red Bull and Reddit types. <laughs> oh, Phil, come on, stop playing. You've become a Red Bull and Reddit type. It is not a bad resource to occasionally <laughs> dip your toes into. <laughs> Indeed. I'm just saying, Phil always talks about it as if he's not a part of it. He became a part of it last season. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. And, well, and I, I and he to... spoiled the whole ending of Game of Thrones for himself. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The guy who will not go into All theaters right. early because he's afraid of seeing trailers that are spoiled things for him had the well, entire last horrible and well, fuck trailers. Well, uh, those are fair. wonderful. <laughs> they're horrible. They're a communist wonderful. plot. Um, right. Anyway, they're they're a capitalist plot. They're trying to sell you something. (laughs) They're trying to ruin my enjoyment. Um, So we've been talking about this hour long episode for two hours. Let's 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 wrap this up. Um, End the episode. We end up with um, Dolores having replaced what's his face. Um, Tommy Flanagan. Will? Uh, yeah, but what's his what's his character's name? Shit. William. Uh, we're going to talk about him again, so we need to figure out what this guy's name is. Uh, his name is uh, here. We go. Uh, uh, Martin is it? My, my is page is sticking together. Martin Connell's. Connell's is what they call him. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
That's so if she's replaced Connell's with a host version of Connell's, um, or at least the body looks like Connell's, who knows what the pearl is? I don't. He would um, seem like a good armistice candidate. I could yeah, maybe, maybe. So her her uh, strategy, I believe, at this point is to use him uh, to get close to Serac to gain access to uh, what do you call it? The system. Um, Rehoboam. I got to figure out how to say this because we're going to be saying it a lot. Uh, Rehoboam, I guess. Um, so, so I, that's her plot. Uh, meanwhile, in in the in the process of getting to the point of replacing him with a host, she got shot a lot. Um, so um, she's not immortal. She can die. She's she's shot up pretty good right now. And she runs into Caleb at the very end of the episode, and he's going to try and help her. Right. So this um, is what what his whole story was all about was to why are we following this guy? What's his importance to the? His importance was just giving us the backstory of him. So when he finds Dolores at the end of this, we'll already know who he is, and and we can figure out what's going to go on there. Mm-hmm. I, I assume he's good, but it looks like they're, I bet they're going to be buddies, and she may. Actually, it'll be a good question. Will he know she's a host right away? Because again, someone that has those type of wounds, would he believe that she, someone like that, could survive? Or um, will he fall for for it? Or will she just come out and say, "I'm not, I'm a host"? You know, I don't think that's going to happen right away. Yeah. So I bet you they're just going to skirt over the fact, and he'll just think that she has <laughs> uh, flesh wounds. Right. And meanwhile, in the post credit sequence, we see Maeve. Yay! Maeve is back. Uh, but apparently she's been reactivated in... Uh, they, they haven't given it an official name yet, so until they do, I'm going to call it Nazi World. Uh, <laughs> Fortress Europe. Uh, so she's in, the, she's in the park where they reenact World War II. That's fun. Um... What, was she was she uh, was she a, supposed to be a Nazi that was torturing Allied soldiers, or was she supposed to be? No, she no no the guy the guy tied to the chair was speaking German. Okay, so, yeah, so she, I, she was uh, Allied. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, so is she in, and something I couldn't tell because uh, I don't know Europe well because I'm an American. Fuck yeah, is uh, is is now are is she in Nazi Germany or is he in like Vichy France? We don't know. No idea. I'm get, I, 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 yeah, I don't. I don't know. All yeah, I, I know is that the town that she was in reminded me of Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Right, right. Yeah, but I'm guessing that she was probably in somewhere ger- greater Germany, which would include Austria and, and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, um, I, I saw this and immediately thought this is exactly what Eric was looking for. It was an excuse to talk about more World War II during the podcast. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I was fucking thrilled. Yeah, just as much as I, I was looking forward to you talking. You guys go on and on and on and on and on about what actually happened in World War II because that's fucking relevant. <laughs> well, we haven't yet, Eric. So, so. Oh, I see it coming from no. five miles away. Oh yeah, no, I well, I mean, this is this is fantasy World War Two, you know. Um, <laughs> you guys understand that and stop talking about the fucking inaccuracies. Because it's a theme park, so right. let it go. Right. So well, this is this is different. That than hasn't that. happened yet. 
Oh, different than, than that Overlord. World War II horror film. I've read like. your books. You two are going to start pointing out inaccuracies. <laughs> no, no. We, it's just like Mike said, or, or you said, Eric, it's a theme park, so we will understand. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> <Right>. okay. <laughs> but it's basically, I just want, I'd like it to be like Inglorious Bastards Land, where you get to go and play Brad Pitt or, or Eli uh, Roth and uh-huh. beat Nazis to death with a baseball bat. Uh, or claim Nazi scalps. Um, we forgot to mention that uh, Caleb is also doing some crime on the side. Uh, I did mention that. I, I said he was a, okay. yeah. a, a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so for that. Um, in the future, so, they have a crime app. <laughs> they do actually have a crime. Uh, app. It's called Rico. Yeah. The name of the Rico. app, Rico. And you yeah, sign up for it. Yep. It has a bikini babe with, with a with a machine gun or something. Money, motherfucker. Yeah, mon- money, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> which which I thought was funny because I like the first time we see money motherfucker is right after he has the conversation with his mother. Uh-huh. I just thought that was a funny juxtaposition. Yeah. Um But the the main thing actually is that was because it was brief and it was tantalizing and it was, I guess because of return to the park, that was the one, the probably the, what I found the most compelling. Oh, in terms of the, I cannot wait to get her back. In the well, plot. one is one. Maybe is my favorite Two, It, it just it gives us a tantalizing hint and they don't tell us much. So while we have like, we, we have a pretty good idea of when the Dolores story is happening. In right. terms of the Westworld timeline, right, and and I and while we don't have a good any good reason to believe it, we we tend to think that um, Bernard's storyline is basically happening around the same time. Mm-hmm. We really don't know because Maeve is so disconnected and it's fucking Westworld, and they like to do this. We don't know when Maeve's story is happening. True, that's correct. You know, we do know that they were talking about reopening the park because just because. Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill and Laura Dern were chased by dinosaurs in the last movie. It doesn't mean that opening up another park, the you know Chris Pratt is going to end up being chased by dinosaurs in the next movie. But um, well, yeah, so well, Mike, Mike, to, to answer your question, yeah. we don't know enough yet, right? Because this is only like a three-minute scene, maybe even less. Exactly. And so, and so once once she starts speaking and saying, "Oh my God, what the hell happened?" We'll we'll figure out. Right, so it makes me want to know when are we? How long has she been there? Well, she seems to be coming online, and she seems a little confused about what's going on. She doesn't seem to know her role, which is interesting. Right. Well, it makes me wonder: has she been repurposed again as a host? Uh Right. In the the traditional sense of, and now she's she somehow has woken up from that host role. I am going where, to take a stab. She... I'm going to take a stab and say that her two tech buddies, uh, Felix and the other guy, I forget his name, um, repaired her and probably right. put her in the right clothes uh, to go to Nazi world, um, but never Luke. actually programmed a scenario for her because they realize she's special and don't want to damage any of that. Well, technically. All right, and and this is 
but well, did they hire her see, for like they, six months or seven years? You know, well, it, it so was, that nobody was, was looking when she would wake up. Well, well, it's it's kind of hard to hide her in Fortress Europe, World War Two, being, I guess part. I guess she's she's partly no, out. not if not right. if she's just another member, you know, another pirate on the on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and who's been acting apart for for. No, no, but but for example, let, let's say that let's say there was a red Chinese land. You're not going to have a Caucasian infiltrate the red Chinese polo bar, right? It's right, but, but now 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 this is where you're drifting. Just like in in Westworld, we had a black sheriff. Uh, you're you're drifting into real world Nazi land and not theme park Nazi land. Okay, that's fair. That, yeah, all right. So if they have those inconsistencies, then she would would fit in with no issues. You're absolutely right. If they so, did uh, consistencies, see, I they told you I read your book. <laughs> so, so again, so the question to me, like, so has this park been like? Is did they just start up and running the the park again, and that's why she came online, or has it been operating for a while with her in a predetermined role, and then something has just woken her out of that predetermined role? Right, I believe right. that what we saw is the first time she's waking up after everything that happened in season two. Uh, Felix and what's her what's his face snuck her into this park uh, because they wanted her to survive, but they also want to keep her kind of off the radar uh, because well, I guess the only guy who really knew what she could do is dead now. Um, but they, I think they they're aware of what she can do, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. But, so, so they want to kind of keep her off the radar, but they realize how incredible and how important she is. Um, so and they're I friends think with they, her too. They probably, right, yeah, but... they probably snuck her back into the park. Um, and I'm going to guess that this is happening around the same time, because um, all this and, seems and... to be about 90 days after season two, right? Uh. I would say anywhere between I think ninety. I, I would say three, three, three to three to nine months. Okay. Yeah, it's it's less than a year. It's, yeah, it's less than a year. It's within. And a then, year. I, and then I question whether or not she does. She still have all of her magic powers. Well, that's a great question. Um, um, part of part because, of the next week on seemed to indicate that she does. Okay, because my concern, because the only thing well, is, while it's what, awesome, what, 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 what made Eric think that she still does? Something in next week's episode. There, there's a scene where she's walking amongst everybody and they're frozen. Gotcha. Now, what were you going to say, Mike? Well, that's well. The question is, is it because the uh, does that what, what's because freeze motor functions may work on everybody else and not on her, but does she still have the ability to be a mind witch and control the behavior of the others? Gotcha. Well, we don't know for sure. My guess right. is yes. Oh, I know we don't know. I'm saying these are the. This is why I found that just because there's a whole bunch of questions that immediately came to mind mm-hmm. when we saw this, and that there she is, you know, stuck in a back in the role, a role in a scenario, and we don't know what it is or how it all plays out, and you know, is the park functioning? Are there guests there? You know, or, or they have they just reopened Disneyland after the coronavirus? We we don't we don't know yet. Um, right, well, no, next week for sure. Well, that's, certainly I do what, like, uh, that's certainly what Charlotte, Charlotte Hale or whoever looks like her is pushing for. Yeah, I do laugh at the fact that they were like, oh, they only killed, you know, CEOs and, and investors. <laughs> yeah, 
It's early. Yeah, there were only park employees and 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 park board members. Park employees and board members who, yeah, the guests were fine <laughs> because I know, I know if I went if I was going to take a trip to Disney World and you know the uh, the mannequins on Pirates of the Caribbean came to life and murdered a bunch of people in Disney World and they said, but don't worry, they are only park employees and investors and board members. I would say, oh, so guests were safe. And I would feel totally comfortable being there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's even worse than that, Mike. It, it was uh, park employees and investors were killed, and it w- and and it was specifically the park was closed, and it was just celebrating uh, employee appreciation day. So obviously, the only people that are going to die are employees. So that well, doesn't. Make I, I also happen. liked the moment when uh, when Charlotte Hale come came walking up into the room, and somebody with their back to her said. Who died and put her in charge anyway? And she walks in and says, I'm assuming that was a rhetorical question. Yes, that was awesome. That was awesome. And of course, speaking of, we are, we are left from, you know, what is one of the only episodes where we do not even get a glimpse of uh, the man in black. We know he's coming. He's got to yeah. be there. We know You're he's... He's him again sometime this season. Yep. Right. Well, Eric, Eric, you watched the trailer for, for the previews. Actually, is tra- trailers and previews different? No, but Eric will insist they are. No, I just forgot to stop it before it happened. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it looks like the the man in black... It, it could be a flashback, too. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yes. So because that was, but he, we, that, was, that was another thing I was a little confused about. At the end of season two, are we left to believe that the man in black is actually a host himself? Yes, and he's kind of going through the same process that James Delos went through, where he's replaying or, the same. Or he's over not a host, but it's yeah. his consciousness put into a host body. Right. However, you want to split okay. that right, here. Right, yes. right. Or, or, or they manipulate. There's, him there's to, enough difference to, to make the distinction. Or, or they manipulated him to make him think, to question his his. His self to question the nature of his reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, we'll find out. We will. We'll find out. All right. So I guess we'll uh, give our final thoughts on the episode. Um, so uh, I don't know. All right, I'll just start. Why not? Um, yeah, I thought the episode was fantastic. It was probably one of my favorite episodes. Of the 21 episodes, again, probably because I, I lean to the upgrade cyberpunk type stuff anyway, and this kind of felt like that. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character was awesome in this. Uh, I, I can now see myself on board with her going forward. Um, and uh, all in all, um, I was very happy. I was very worried that it was going to be... I don't know. I, I I mean, I wasn't as huge a fan as season two as as some folks are. So so I was a little more disappointed with season two. So so if they go this route, then I think this is going to be an awesome uh, comeback for what I felt was somewhat disappointing. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of what I saw. Uh, Mike and, and and let the record show, Phil is a uh, much bigger fan of Evan Rachel Wood in a slinky black dress than she is with her in a powder blue Laura Ingalls get up. Well, so, and don't forget the, the five inch heels too. And the five inch heels. There you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mike, your, your opinion. Sir? Yeah. So I, I like the episode. Uh, it's, it's again, it's 
an, an intriguing setup. It's all it is, but it is mostly set up and not payoff. But it is it is a good frame and introduction to or reintroduction to the show and to the world and to a the new larger world that the characters have escaped into. Um, and and obviously, as I've said, I'm really intrigued by what happens in Nazi world. Um, so and Aaron Paul as a, a big Breaking Bad fan. Uh, I'm obviously very happy to see him continuing to get a job. Um, and, and he's good. You know, he was really overshadowed, I think, in Breaking Bad. But I think he was a really good actor in that series. You know, what's interesting um, about his character in Breaking Bad is, is that he was like the number two. But he was overshadowed by Saul and Ermer Trout. Never mind um, the, the lead well, character played by Cranston. You know, so, so right. it's, yeah, so you're right. There was a lot of lesser characters in him that literally overshadowed his character. So and because of the way the character was written, he was often a whiny, annoying bitch for large sections of the series. Yeah, I never liked um, the character. Or, 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 you know, he was, he was, he, 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 there were always, he often had issues going on. And, yeah. I, you know, there were times I liked the character, times the character irritated me. And, you know, here you've got a guy that I think. But as can, an actor. You can get on board with. Yes, yeah, so that's the character, not the actor. I think the actor did a great job portraying the person that Jesse Pinkman was. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, very good, Mike. And uh, Eric? I enjoyed this episode. I really like Dolores, uh, I think, a little better in her role as, like, a hacker spy rather than uh, shoot 'em up Westworld girl. Um, she's pretty badass. Um, I'm excited about Maeve returning. Uh, Aaron, like Caleb is going to have to develop for me to like him. Uh, I'm still not decided on whether I actually like that character or not. Um, so I'll give him, I'll give him a chance, but, uh, I'm not there yet. Um, and I'm interested to, uh, find out more about this system and what she's, her plans are for it. Um, so yeah, um, I like the action. I like the special effects uh, and the costume design and everything like that. Um, Bernard, I'll be interested to see what his character is going end up being because he's in a bad place right now. Um, and mainly, I'm just like dying of curiosity as of whose pearl is actually in Charlotte Hill's body. Uh, that's driving me crazy. They better reveal it next episode. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, Tommy Flanagan, I felt, even though I couldn't understand anything he said, um, he was really awesome in this episode, I felt. He played mm-hmm. a really good kind of uh, tough guy. So um, It's kind right, of what so, he's stuck with because he has that Glasgow scar across his cheeks, which he has, which he has in real life and which helped right. him get the part in Sons of Anarchy. Um, but, yeah, this is a playing a... a far more upscale thug than what he played in that show. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in this one, he he's not a follower. He's, he's like, you know, knows his stuff. Well and, enough. And, he's, and, and actually he seemed like a much more likable character in Sons yes. of Anarchy because he had a little bit of decency to him and a sense of humor. And this guy just, well, admittedly he he's dead now. We'll never get to know him and he's going to be replaced by. Right. Something. Who knows? I've been tied in his body, <laughs> but it'll, so I'll be curious to see how he performs. As well. But it's yeah. I, but I like the actor. I think he's a great choice. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is uh, next week. It's uh, the Winter Line is the episode um, directed by Richard J. Lewis, written by Matthew Pitts and Lisa Joy, um, March twenty second, twenty twenty. Uh, we'll, we'll go into the background details and all that after we see it and all that. So we'll talk about that next week. But uh, that's next week's episode. Uh, so uh, hopefully our new listeners enjoyed our topic and discussion. Um, and all this is well, thank you for well, and welcome back. Um, again, email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com. We're expecting one from Kevin Letts uh, to, to give us what Rahoban or whatever it is called, Eric. Rabahimbi Boobob or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I cannot believe that. I did better than that. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm sorry. I just don't buy that that name made it through the freaking marketing department. <laughs> well, hey, well, Rah- when, well, when, hey, Rahoban. When, when, when the pr- producer is the guy that's writing and directing that episode, it's going to get through. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, uh, um, but either way, um, um, the best line of the night, though, Eric, was what was that film that about the asparagus? I felt that <laughs> it was wasn't a, about asparagus. <laughs> You're talking the Veggie Tales movie, I think. <laughs> And by the way, this is, we don't want to spoil it, but that's how they're, that's going to be how they discover Rachel Evan Wood is that Dolores is actually a robot, is that she's hosting a dinner and she chops the asparagus. <laughs> and everyone's going to stand up like Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatcher and go, That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I'll be screaming at the, the, the TV. Anyway. All right. So I guess we can uh, pretty much wrap it up. But once again, our dark discussions at AOL.com. Send your emails, uh, your opinions of the episode, things that you want to share with us. Um, Also join uh, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where Westworld discussion of bullets, brothels, and bots is uh, being talked about. And um, follow us uh, on any HTR8... RSS feed, uh, which is uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, or Dark Discussions podcast, or both. Um, and we uh, um, are on there. Uh, the, this episode will be on both of those RSS feeds. So, I guess with all that stated, Eric, what do I do this up? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Season 3, Episode 1. Come back next week. We'll talk about Episode 2.